0: Welcome to the TN Filtered Podcast. My name is Brianna Dean, and I'm your host.
1: Okay.
0: Today we have a special guest. Her name is Karen Chebin, and she is going to share about her in vitro. fertilization journey. She started this journey 18 years ago. Um, Karen,
1: how yes. are you doing today? Good. I'm doing great. I actually, uh, had to get on the computer and look up some stuff about IVF because it's been so long since, since I did it. Um, my husband and I went through the IVF, uh, 18 years ago, actually it was like right at this time of year that we started doing, um, the implants. So, yeah. uh, It's a long time. So my I got twin girls using the IVF.
0: Oh, that's so exciting!
1: Yeah, they're complete opposites. One is um, a total like princess, and then the other is more like Harley Quinn. Like if you're gonna, yeah. Are they identical or fraternal? No, they're fraternal. Okay, they're fraternal. So, and it it's funny because when they were real young, people would ask if they were identical. And it always kind of blew me, blew my mind. Cause I was like, gosh, I don't think they look anything alike. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people thought they did. And so I have a cute story. We were um, shopping and the girls were probably about nine months or a year old. And um, I had used to do the thing where, you know, you put the little ponytail at the top or whatever, and then you put like a bow and it's just kind of like a water fountain. Um, and we passed mm-hmm. this couple, they were older, I'd say probably in their sixties. And the guy was like, Oh, and, he thought that one was a boy just because she had the blue bow. It's kind of like, oh, that's so funny. You know, he was like, oh. And his wife even hits him and he says, he, she's got a bow in her head. He goes, oh, <laughs> <it's blue."> <laughs> Man. <laughs> I know. We just thought that was funny. Kind of a cute thing. So um, yeah. yeah, they're so, very different from each other.
0: What led you to start your journey with Invitro?
1: Well, my husband and I, when I was 29, when we got married and he was um, 30, no, 40 he's 11 years older than I am. So um, when we started trying to get pregnant, um, I was like 32 and nothing was happening. So I was kind of like, okay. Um, And because of our age difference, I didn't, you know, he was already in his forties. We didn't want to wait too long. So I went to the gynecologist and she was like, well, you know, just try to relax and and try for a little bit longer. But I was like, I don't want to keep waiting. You know, I want to get this over with and get pregnant so um we actually went to a fertility doctor and they just right away accepted us and we started the process because we did want kids and we ended up putting two embryos or actually three we ended up putting three in um and then two took so we, yeah. we got <laughs> what if three would have took <laughs> well you know that's <laughs> Like we kind of rolled the dice for like, well, we want to we want to give ourselves a good chance that at least yeah. one will take, you know. But we figured three was as as high up as we were going to go. I mean, yeah, no one really says I hope we have like six, seven kids at a time, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, we just kind of thought, well, um, we were willing to risk the three. You yeah, know, we would, you know, but you know, we wouldn't have gone any higher than
0: that. Oh yeah. I understand. Cause yeah. that's how some people have like six kids at one time. Cause yes. they do in vitro and then they all take. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. For sure. Well, it's funny. Cause whenever I was a kid, well, I mean, usually that, that doesn't happen naturally where you have six kids, you know, mm-hmm. but I would pray to God, if you want to bless me with six kids, that's fine. I can handle it. <laughs> i can handle
1: it now i'm like oh no i don't think i <laughs> could handle that that's a lot. It's a lot of work it was pretty yeah. tough at the beginning but i was fortunate because my parents lived really close so my mom came over almost every day to help hang hang out with the kids and help while michael was at work so Aww. i was very fortunate to me i didn't ever feel as much of that overwhelmed feeling as maybe yeah. some people but i was exhausted <laughs> because of night times yeah and my girls were little when they were born because they're twins and they came three weeks early, which is actually considered full term for twins. Um, they were like four eleven or four fourteen and five one for pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were only just a few ounces away from each other and five one and gosh, I can't even think of that now, but, um, it was, they were tiny, you know, so they had the little tiny t- stomachs. And so I had to, feed them frequently it would be like two hours between having to feed feed them so that makes nighttime pretty rough
0: oh yeah I know Mm because just with one she she would wake up every couple hours there for a while too Mm -hmm. and I'm just like they said once they get a certain age they'll start sleeping through the night but it's not happening (laughs) it's yeah (laughs) we lied
1: (laughs) right I know yeah Yeah, I can imagine
0: tell me a little bit about your journey um through the, the whole
1: process or
0: I mean well, whatever um, you want to share some of the ups and downs like mm-hmm.
1: you said you did it twice we did like, do it twice okay. so it was, sure. um, the first time um one took and we we thought that we were you know I went to the doctor and I don't think my husband was even with me I think I went by myself um, just because you do a lot of checkups at the doctors, you know, yeah, you a lot to have your um your temperature taken, your blood, your blood drawn. And um, so you spend a lot of time going back and forth. And I just kind of went to these by myself because I didn't really think I needed him. And so I was going. And when I was there, they realized that the um, baby was no longer Growing, you know, had had died, just had stopped um, growing,
0: yeah.
1: and that was pretty devastating. um So yeah. I never went to an appointment without my husband after that. Yeah. Again,
0: how far um, along were you then?
1: I wasn't very far.
0: Yeah, but was it's still maybe, devastating. Yeah,
1: it is. It yeah. is. It was still devastating, but I wasn't very far. And unfortunately, when you do something like IVF, you have to realize that you don't know whether it's even going to work. You know, yeah. which, you know, you know, you go into this thinking, okay, this'll, this'll work. You try to be as optimistic as you can. So you always kind of think, gosh, what, you know, so many things that could go wrong, but it still is devastating. It was really hard um, yeah. to deal with that. And, you know, what, what also made it hard was when I went there and, and I had not had bleeding or anything, nothing you know, to to trigger me or say, oh my gosh, I think something's wrong. Um, I went to, gosh, now I forgot what I was going to say. you okay. oh, <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. I love Dr. Pepper too. I got my Mister. <laughs> <Pip. laughs> so, yeah, so um, I went to the doctor, or there's there's a lot of process. You go to the doctor, yeah. they took your blood and everything, and then with when I lost the baby, um, I didn't miscarriage. I didn't have a miscarriage. Yeah. So my body wasn't allowing me to start a new cycle again. Cause you know what they like to just, hopefully you'll have your period and that'll be, um, you'll start your cycle all over again, but I wasn't. So mm-hmm. I actually had them do a, what's that DNC or DNC. Like, yeah. 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 So I had the DNC done and you know, then I think we just kind of focused on doing the process again. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to just kind of not get over it, but just, I wanted to, I don't know if it's part more partly trying to not, um, have to deal with something, but, you know, by moving on, you know, you kind of try to pretend or you shove your feelings away, which isn't healthy. You don't do that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. you know, I think I just wanted to go to get pregnant again. So you
0: weren't worried about the loss. You just wanted to have a
1: child. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to get pregnant again. And, um, and you know, the thing with IVF too, is if, if you've looked at it at all, it's very expensive. So there's also that pressure that, um, we had insurance. So insurance was going to cover it for a certain point. So we were fortunate, but, um, it's still kind of like, gosh, you, you feel like you only have so many attempts, you know, like yeah. you just can't keep paying that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's that pressure also of, um, well, that one didn't work. Let's try it again. And hopefully this will work. Cause you know, how many, how many times can you spend that kind of money? Yeah. So um, that was a pressure too, but you know, we were fortunate only had to do it twice. Um,
0: that's good. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it yeah it it was we were pretty lucky, and um, the process. Do you want me to talk about the process? Sure. Somewhere? Yeah. Um, well, you know when you go to the doctor, they do all they do several types of tests on you. Um, they're trying like genetic testing, and they look for any STDs, and they look for maybe you don't have anything wrong with your ovaries or or whatever, and they do a sperm sample with the men. And then once you, um, once you finish that part of, and you start into it for real, you know, that's when all the drugs start and all the medications and there's a lot, it's um, a lot to deal with and it's a daily, I remember um, one of the shots, you know, you, you get the little bottles and so you have to mix it with stuff to yeah. kind of together which I hadn't really ever done that before, but my husband was like, oh yeah, we can do that. That's no big deal. So you take shots to help your body uh, produce more um, eggs. So they're giving you medications to to have your ovaries produce more eggs rather than, you know, each month, we probably release like, well, one or two, but now they they use that and they um, you end up getting several, like 10 or 20, um, eggs will, uh, get re- mature and, and be ready to go. So, you know, you take these pills and I was unfortunate. Um, and I had to write this down. I forgot the name of it again. Um, oh, ovarian hyperstimulation. So when you have those, those shots, your ovaries can sometimes swell and my ovaries were swelling and they were getting big. And I remember I had to stop wearing regular clothes and I had to put maternity clothes on because my stomach had bloated so badly. Oh, wow. I know it was, it was really bad. And one of the unfortunate things that happened was, you know, I I used to teach. So, you know, up all the time we were at um, a meeting and, you know, everybody wanted me and my team to go up in front. And, you know, I think they wanted me to go up in front because I think everybody kind of assumed I was pregnant. Um, and I wasn't pregnant, but I looked pregnant. And then later that day, a woman came up to me and she congratulated me on being pregnant. Oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, I'm not pregnant, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause she was like, oh yeah, they told me down there you're pregnant. Right. So I don't know, my rule is like, don't ever ask someone if they're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even yeah. if you think, um, cause I wasn't pregnant at the time, you know? And so Um, that can be a challenge with maintaining relationships, or you know, I I can't blame them. I would have thought I was pregnant too, yeah. You know, so, um, I don't know. I just like to put out there don't ever assume, yeah, someone's pregnant. It's It's funny you say that because I've always
0: been the kind of person that I'm not scared to ask somebody when you're going to have kids and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but just not even thinking that some people have a harder time, so now, like. I shared with you a little bit about my miscarriage and I had an ectopic pregnancy and tough. they said that I may not be able to conceive again. And then I don't know. Um, right now I'm not trying because, you know, I'm just going to focus on my family that I do have and my business and everything else. But that experience has helped open my eyes and beat into my head that you shouldn't ask people that kind of thing. Right. Cause you don't know what they're going through, you know, and they yeah. may, may not be willing to open up about it.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I figure when people ask, they're never really trying to be mean. It's just, yeah. they don't know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
0: that makes and for them, it's, like, it's
1: probably easy. So yeah. Yeah. You know, for some people it's like, wow, they don't even try to get pregnant. They get pregnant yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. You know, I know somebody who has like seven kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Right. I know. <laughs> I've
0: right? yeah, no I, I said, you know, my dad was like, well, are you going to get your tubes tied after you have my second one? And I thought, well, maybe, but I don't know. Cause I got to think about it. Cause that's a really permanent decision too. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah. I think it's easier for the man to get um, snipped. Cause I think they can undo that too. If, yeah. If the man was willing to do that. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, so there's lots of medications and when you start to get, when your ovaries start to get to a, a certain point or stage, you know, in your cycle, um, then you have to go, I remember I, we did it at UNC Chapel Hill and Durham or Chapel Hill, actually, sorry, Chapel Hill. Okay. And, um, you know, so I would drive it took me about 30 minutes each way. So there were several days, like in one week, right before they get ready to take your eggs, um, where you have to go to the doctor. I think they took my temperature and then they did a blood draw. So they wanted to test our, test blood and they see how close you are, how your eggs are close to being ready to be harvested. Um, so then you you go to the doctor and it's a big appointment. Uh, when they harvest your eggs, um, because they actually put you under a little bit. And because I I don't remember a whole lot. They said I wasn't under all the way, I believe, yeah. but I don't remember anything. Yeah. Um, so uh, then, you know, you get in the stirrups and, and they give you, they put you under and then they go in and they actually take out your eggs that are um, mature, which blows my mind. How you know, do they, they do that? Do they go like? I think in? they go in with a noodle. i mean A noodle. <laughs> a needle. <laughs> they go in with a needle, so they go in vaginally. Okay. So um they go in vaginally, and I think it's kind of like with a needle or a syringe or something. I don't know. They remove those eggs that are um, mature, mm-hmm. which blows my mind because I'm like, yeah. How do you how do you even begin to do that? Um, but they but they do so. Yeah they take out your eggs. And I think I had between each, I did it twice. So I think I did it, I think I was between 11 and 15 eggs each time. Um, however, when you, there's like a five or six period, a five or six day period or six or seven day period between when they take your eggs out and when they'll put them back in. Um, Cause okay. they take the eggs out and then sometimes they will just put the sperm and the egg in in one like a Petri dish or whatever you want to call it. Um, and you, you know, you kind of hope or you assume the sperm will find the egg. Um, we didn't do that. Uh, we did the, um, let me see here. That's the uterine. I am sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, intracytoplastic in intracytoplasma sperm injection ICSI. Um, so they actually take your egg and they take a sperm, and they literally join them together. Yeah. so they put that in, which blows my mind too that you know, yeah, uh, and you know it really is incredible. so then they'll put the sperm into the egg, and um then they're they're waiting for this embryo to form and and grow so the first time, actually both times um. I had several e- embryos or eggs that didn't really mature. So, you know, you always lose probably about half. Um, it's like the, the good guesstimate for how many you'll have. So you um, end up by the end or that five or six day period, you realize, okay, now we have three eggs or we have five eggs. I think we only had three. Cause I think we only put in, I when mean, you only put in the ones that have a chance of, growing Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but we didn't have all that many so we didn't really have any eggs left over um, which I guess was good and bad Um, so you know they put the eggs in or the embryos in and um, then you're kind of with this waiting period of you hope that it attaches to the wall of your uterus and um, some of them will and some of them won't and then after that once you get pregnant if you can get past like the first six or eight weeks or so or 12 weeks, it seems like it'll take like, mm-hmm. you're not likely to have a miscarriage at that point. It kind of yeah. becomes like any other pregnancy um, once it's in there and attached. So, you know, but it is kind of nerve wracking because, yeah, you know, you're like, I hope this takes, you know, especially after having one, you know, losing one. Um, so you, you really have to kind of cross your fingers or pray or do whatever you do to, to help get you through that really stressful situation. It's it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm so glad that you were able to be successful and have two little girls. That's so exciting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We, we do consider ourselves blessed. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how did you share it with your daughters? Gosh, I don't even know. I think we just kind of it may have been because we had uh, I showed them pictures of themselves, their very first pictures, mm-hmm. and I said, "You have very first pictures that are, a, you know, a lot different than your friends." Because we <laughs> had um, from the ultrasounds, you just see these little circles with the they're the blastocysts or the embryo yeah. embryo stage. They're just these little circles, and there are three of them in that um, yeah. picture. So I think we just kind of. Talked about it normal, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they
0: kind of knew their whole life.
1: Yeah, because I we weren't trying to hide it or anything. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, look at this. You know, we have pictures of you when you were embryos. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of kind of cool. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your
0: story. It was really interesting to hear about it. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that's been through in vitro. That's why whenever you mentioned that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have her on. <laughs>
1: well if you have any other questions that you want to ask me that later you can go ahead and feel free to reach out to me okay I
0: will so I want you to share a little bit
1: about what you do now and where everybody can find you oh excellent thank you um well I'm an author and I have published um I think about 15 books or so on Amazon and I'm also shifting that to um having a podcast so on my podcast, my secret obsession, I um, read aloud my novels, and I also read aloud other people's novels. So um, if they want, and then I give them a copy so they have an audiobook. So I'm essentially reading novels, and and it's an audiobook podcast. So it's yeah. free, um, and I'm on all the major sites: Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeart. I'm sure I think there's one more. Um, Amazon yeah Apple Apple and so um, I would I really enjoyed it's a lot of fun to to read the books again and to think about the characters and and I enjoy the um, the the chance to maybe try to connect with readers through using Mm -hmm. the podcast and um, I'm going to be on ream stories that's the ream stories and um on there i'm setting it up now it's a way to have different tiers and you can react and interact i mean interact differently with with listeners so like you can have like groups of people like oh we're gonna have a facebook group or we're gonna have um discord where we can talk about stuff um so i'm really kind of excited to to do that uh part of the podcast and enjoy people and And I'm meeting more authors as they um, have me do their books. So I'm actually reading two of another author's books. One is um, Tracy Grace and the other is Danielle Nabert. So their books, uh, Tracy's, is going to be behind a paywall because it's um, more graphically sexual. So I'm going to have, you know, the steamy, steamy books will be behind the paywall and, you know, the more average books will be free on the the main site. So you, how you, long have you, I'm sorry, how long have you been an author? Um, Actually, I started that when my girls went to kindergarten. So huh. they are 17 now, uh, gosh, 12 years ago now, I think. Yeah, Wow. time flies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so for 12 years I've been writing. Um, now that my girls are in high school and COVID is over, I'm actually really trying to focus, uh, more on my writing and the podcast, you know, before it was kind of like, Oh, I would spend two, two hours a day or so on it. You know, now I'm spending more time doing it and I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. That's good. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And, uh, just let me mention, uh, I'm reading for the podcast under my uh, pen name, cherish lively. So if you want to find me, it's going to be, um, at Cherish Lively on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or X. It's just Cherish Lively at Cherish Lively. And uh my website is tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. So okay you can find it there too, the website. The website gives you what um information on what books we're reading currently, um, books that are coming up and the books that we've read in the past. So people um can listen to Blood Kiss and uh, actually three. Stranger's Kiss is a very short novel. It's a prequel. And then it, it leads into Blood Kiss. And then my very first book on the website is Lexi Wells' Gift of Sight. It's a um psychological paranormal thriller. So, ah okay. Yeah, so cool. I've got some variety.
0: How about you send me those links and I'll put them in the show notes so that everybody
1: can find you easily. Yes, awesome. I will definitely do that. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is great. And really, if you have any other questions, you just reach out to me and I'll, I'll talk to you. All right. Oh, will. Thank you. All right. Bye.
0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you can get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash t unfiltered that's better h e l p dot com slash t unfiltered thank you so much karen for sharing your story today i really did enjoy talking to you and connecting with you if you would like to start your own podcast make sure to go join my facebook group called podcasting for newbies i'm going to link it in the show notes as well thank you everybody and you have a great rest of the day